This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Nathan Rowe, the celebrity from Johannesburg, who you might know from Project Fame, Issa Dingo, Lone Hill Estates, Swing City, that song he did just before lockdown hit with the Kiffness, and now with his new solo album, African Grey, has joined us today on the Good Things Jackpot, and I'm excited to have him via Zoom. He's actually on a shoot somewhere, so there might be a bit of a wind and a bit of uh, noise because he's out and about doing his level two stuff. Nathan, welcome to the show. How are you, Mr. Linda Q? I'm all good. I'm thankful that the restrictions are being lifted and that we're able to travel and we're able to have a bit of a beer and we're able to see family and friends and our mental wellness is getting better. But we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. You've (laughs) just released a new solo album called African Grey. From what I understand, it's, it's all about the different parts of South Africa. You were doing the cocktail thing, which I think is part of the album. Am I correct in saying that? Correct. Well... I didn't want to just lambaste people with advertising with the album, you know, please download my album, please download it. So what I did was I just made cocktails for each city and then I played one of the songs in the background while I was making the cocktail in the hopes that it was subliminal messaging. Well, it was, and we all picked up on it. So now now we know what it was all about. And thankfully, Level 2 came about and the alcohol restrictions were lifted, so you could make cocktails for each part of the city. Yeah, I actually managed to get to the bottle store on that day where there was that rumor going around that they were going to shut. And uh, so, yeah, I waited in queues. And I'm, I'm not even, a, I didn't really drink alcohol at all. So, you know, waiting around in queues to buy alcohol, I felt rather stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me, obviously, everybody's been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic and subsequent lockdown. You've released an album. Were you writing this during the lockdown? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the songs are quite old, but I just never released them. But I had this idea a while back. You know, in America, you, you listen to American music or, or everyone listens to American music a lot and they write about their cities. You know, there's New York, New York and, you know, California dreaming. And there's, there's always a song about a city or a, a state or something. And I figured we don't really have that in South Africa. And I thought it might. I mean, you know, when you listen to that song, like New York by Alicia Keys, it makes you want to go to New York and make it, you know, in the big city. Yeah. And so I, I thought like. I want something like that for South Africa, you know, where tourists can listen to a song about Johannesburg and then go there and try and experience the way the song makes them feel. So that was sort of the kicker for it. And then when lockdown happened, it was obviously just, it gave me the time to sit down and do it. Well, I must tell you, I, I've listened to a couple of the songs, specifically like If I Go. It's, I don't want to offend you, but I'm going to say this. And if I am offending you, feel free <laughs> to completely cuck me out over Zoom. But I feel like it's got this really Jack Johnson vibe. And it just makes you want to get into the song. And, you know, it's Jack Johnson. That's kind of what that song reminded me of. Did I offend you? Um, That's a high compliment in my opinion. (laughs) Although I am triggered. I'm triggered, Brent. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Um, No, yeah, I mean, that's... I wanted to get that sort of holiday feel. And Jack Johnson is one of the guys that manages to capture that. So... Hopefully that's what you're feeling. <laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly what it was. I listened and I just felt so relaxed and in love with the music. And, you know, it's, it's feel good. That's what it is. It's feel good. That's exactly the oh, word. So good to hear. 
feel good. Tell a me. A friend of mine actually said to me this morning that um, he didn't take his Urbanol this morning because he listened to my album and it said he, it chilled him out so much he didn't feel the need to take his anxiety meds. Well, there you go. There you go. That is a huge compliment. Yeah. And tell me, tell me during lockdown, what were you doing besides writing music? How did you cope with everything that was going on? Well, when it first hit, I thought... I really need to, I mean, there was no, no gigs, obviously, and no theater work, because I just came off doing Kinky Boots in Cape Town just before lockdown. And I must and, say, great um, show, by the way. I've <laughs> seen it. It's fantastic. It is really, really course, a good yeah, show. So well done. Fun. But um, yeah, so when I, when I came out, and there was almost nothing as things were starting to shut down, because remember, things started shutting down just before lockdown. Mm. Gigs were canceled, things like that. And I actually just thought, flip, I've got to keep my creative muscle fit. I wish I could say the same about my actual muscles, but uh, yeah, so I just, I just started making stuff. I mean, I was sitting in the garden one day and I managed to capture a little bug in my garden on my phone in slow motion. And then I decided to release a little David Attenborough themed garden documentary. Nathan, um, I feel like that I watched all of those documentaries, those little mini documentaries. <laughs> Did you see that? But I yeah. feel like that was a lifetime ago. I'd forgotten about it. Yeah, that was in March. So, wow. Yeah, it, wow. it does feel like a lifetime ago. But yeah, so that was the beginning. And then I just started creating and creating. And I found that every time I created something and put it out, even though maybe three people watched it, I, I started getting work from it, you know? I actually got, an, I got to sing on an advert because of one of the things I recorded um, in lockdown. So work just kept coming from it. So it was really a testament to the fact that if you just keep creating, like I know a lot of creatives are stuck because the industry is shut down. But if you keep creating, things will come from it. You put up a post today or yesterday saying just uh, WhatsApp someone yeah. and put some good into the world. Yeah. And I feel that like, you know, negativity and stuff really does take scoops out of the world and if you just put good anywhere that you don't even have to put it where the bad was taken out you can put it somewhere else so you just keep adding to the world and creatives that's what we're supposed to do you know we're supposed to create and put things back into the world I love that. I really, really love that. And that, that post that you're alluding to, the reason I put it up is because I saw something online that really upset me. You know, when you see red, I, I literally, I, I was so yeah. angry and I wanted to respond to what I had seen um, with that anger. So I was ready to like, comment and I don't know, get into a social media fight. And I just thought... Yeah. Let me rather put that energy into something else. Let me put all of that bottled up thing into something that might do a bit of good. Yeah. And I messaged a friend of mine that I haven't spoken to in a while and that has been taking quite some strain in lockdown being by themselves. And I cannot tell you, I didn't want for anything. There was no, I didn't want a reaction. I just wanted to put that energy into something. And we landed up having yeah. the most incredible conversation and more than anything that person needed to talk. And I didn't know that at the time, but let yeah. me tell you, after the conversation, I felt, I felt a whole lot better and I wasn't so angry anymore. So that's exactly where the yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's, that's exactly it. I mean, every time someone says something hateful or wherever, not even on, just on Facebook, you know, it takes this like scoop out of the love of the world, you know? And if we just put it back wherever, like if someone swears at me, I often just try and I like go buy someone food or something because yeah. I feel that as long as you're replacing the holes that people make, we'll survive. <laughs> I love, love, love that. I must ask because a couple of my listeners who do follow you will ask, you're just solo artist now. You're no more doing Swing City or Lonely Estate or it's just Nathan Rowe? 
Well, they, they're still going. I haven't stopped them. I just, you know, we haven't been able to get together because of COVID. Yep. And I was away in Cape Town for a year. So I sort of took a, a year off both those projects anyway. And then lockdown happened. So it has been a while. And I, Swing City managed to get together for Gramstown Festival, which was amazing. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, this is why we're, we're doing solo projects now. Exactly. Just for, just for now. But I, I mean, that's that's always been a thing with groups or bands. If anybody's watched Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, you would have seen how they got together and broke apart and got together again. That's that's the life of a yes, creator. Yeah. I was going to ask about um, the project that you did with the Kiffness, Wigglebit. That was such a rad song. It came out of nowhere. The video was cool. How did that whole thing come about? Oh, that was amazing. So I've been a fan of the Kiffness for ages. And I got, got invited to a Sony ATV, who is our publisher, a writing weekend. And the Kiffness was there and we hung out a little bit, but he was so busy working with writers and I was so busy working with writers on the other side, sort of, we never got a chance to connect. But what we did manage to do was exchange phone numbers. And when I was in Cape Town, we hooked up and we put the whole song together and filmed that ridiculous video. <laughs> and um, yeah, <laughs> so, and that's how it came about. What a champion. Yeah, no, David Scott, I got to know him really, really well through Good Things Guy. And obviously his self-publishing of music and, and working on different gigs and when events are allowed back, I'm sure I'm going to be popping into him or bumping into him in many different places like we always have. Yeah, and he's sure. such a good soul. He's such a good he soul. Is, yeah. good, good human. I actually worry a bit about him because, you know, he's gotten a lot of negativity from, oh, from all sides. Yeah. Because he's quite, you know, he has opinions. <laughs> and I, I just worry that that affects him. You know, you know, because a thousand people can say you're awesome and one person calls you crap and then that's the one you remember. Yeah. So I just, I hope he's cool. I mean, he's, a, he's pretty grounded in himself, so I'm sure he's fine. But I just worry that, you know, that negativity does get to you after a while. I've even noticed, Shame, I've, I've watched you fend people off. Like if you say anything slightly <laughs> frustrated on your own Facebook, not even good things, guy, then people like climb on you and go, um, dude, that's not positive. Yeah. And, like, I actually wanted to ask you about that. Like, how do you, because you've put yourself out there as this positive person, how do you deal with, you know, just being able to be human at the same time? Stop turning this interview around on me, but I will answer that because I think it's important. I think you're very, you're very, you're very clever getting into these questions. Um, so what I've realized more than anything during this lockdown is that I'll go, I'll take a step back. When I was little and I was growing up, my real father, my birth father, he passed away almost 10 years ago. But he had a saying that has, that has been imprinted in my soul that I tend to sometimes forget, which is weird, right? But he used to say, your opinion is important and your stories matter. And that's something that I've always held true. Like I was one of those kids that was allowed to say something during the adult conversation because I had an opinion about something and it's valid. And what has happened over the past couple of years is this good things guy, um, this good things guy character, if you want to call it that yeah. has made people believe that I'm one dimensional. So it's almost like watching you were on Isidingo. It's almost like watching yeah. a soapy and then people believe you are, that's the only thing you are is what they see. So if you step out of that box, even just for a minute or a moment, some people can't deal with the fact that you are human and you do have opinions and you do have other facets of who you are. And what I realized in lockdown, it was very, very early on. 
in lockdown, I wrote just on my Facebook and then it eventually turned into an article, which I eventually took down. But I wrote about how I believe the only way that businesses and charities will survive lockdown is if people continue supporting the charities and the businesses that they used to, i.e. at the time, there were lots of different corporates who were giving up a third of their salaries or giving like money or whatever, and they were giving it to a government fund. And I had said, please don't, because what has changed in the corruption scheme, what is like rather just give to the charities and the businesses that you believe in. Yeah, straight. And I got lambasted by a person <laughs> who I considered to be a friend of mine who I knew from varsity days who actually had ties in one of the funds and told me I was wrong and told me that I need to keep my opinions to myself and that I must use my platforms to rather spread goodness instead of telling people not to whatever. So I took everything down because I listened to that one negative comment. I took everything down. As you know, three months later or two months later, it all comes out of the woodwork that it was corrupt. And I should have kept to my opinion, which mattered, and my story, which, you know, it it should have gone out. So what have I learned? Um, Say it. You can't can't back down. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Because so uh, like, I've also experienced a little bit of that, you know, when you're trying to be positive, even with this album, it's like, I mean, trying to bring out a positive South African album in the midst of all this corruption and hate and people marching on, you know, Latuli House and whatever. Mm. It's, it's quite crazy. I've almost been too afraid to be positive. But one thing I also have learned over the years is that, you know, everyone has a story. Like whenever you meet someone, you're not just meeting them. Like I'm not just meeting you now, Brent yeah. Linda Q. I'm meeting Brent who's got, I don't know how old you are, 20 <laughs> something. Um, Thank you. What a compliment. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, is it, is, it, is it more than that? All right. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Let's, we'll just go with that. Let's round, round, you, round you down. Let's say you're 25 and you've got um, 25 years of story, you know, behind you. And it all yeah. led up to the point where I'm meeting you. And I feel that's so important to be aware of that. Because if someone, someone hates you, it's not necessarily that they hate you. It's their story that's led them to that point. And maybe you do need to apologize or maybe, you know, it's just something in their story. And it, how, and it makes it, it re- releases the sting a bit, you know? How did you become so philosophical? It must be because you're in the industry and you're, you're an empath. So you're working off um, all your different audiences, <laughs> I guess. Well, one of the things, another thing I did in, in lockdown, so this wasn't a segue to this, but I'll, I'll tell it to you anyway. <laughs> Myself and my girlfriend, Tammy Barton, she's an actress. We wrote a musical which is a bit of a weird time to write a musical when there's literally no theaters. Yeah. But um, that, that's one of the main messages of the musical is, is that, you know, when you meet someone, you, you're meeting a whole book. You're not just meeting that page. Yeah. And so, yeah. So it's been on my it's, mind a lot lately. Yeah. I think, I think it's, we're all complex beings. So and complex. I, yeah. And, we're house plants with complex emotions. Oh, well, this is it. And I just, I look at my followers or my friends or people online who have become friends. And I just think the fact that we've all been able to somehow get up every day and continue the fight through this really bizarre, traumatic time. Hats off to everybody. I think it's, it's just, and you know, being creative and still working and finding work and putting positivity in the world and all the things you've mentioned, as well as calling me 25. These are all good things, Nathan. All good things. <laughs> Yeah, it must be that workout program you're on. I feel like a stalker. <laughs> I think I keep wanting to ask you questions is because I follow you 
you know, I follow your personal accounts as well as good things, guys. I, I feel I know almost too much about you. It's like, oh, I love that. I love that shirt you were wearing last night. <laughs> you know, kind of well, this well here's, here's the truth. Here's the truth. The social media is just scratching the surface because, like you said, there's a there's a deep deep book. There's a, many there's a whole lot more brain to go around. Whole lot more brain <laughs> to go around. Nathan, if people want to get your album, if they want to download it, I hope you are everywhere. I hope you're able to just shout it out and people can get it anywhere where they go. Ah, you can literally get it anywhere: Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, uh, Apple Music, whatever you're on, it's there. And you just got to look for Nathan Rowe, African Grey. My last question. That's the one. Are you going to be putting out some killer music videos? Because the last one you did with the Kiffness, I mean, there's, there's heights to go here. <laughs> I definitely want to do that. So to film Joburg, I want to wait for a huge ass thunderstorm and I want to film it in the rain. And then I'm heading to PE in two weeks. So I'm going to think of something to do there as well. Yeah, it's going to be a tour around South Africa, music videos. Very, very, very cool. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know your time is short. You have a, a shoot to get to. I want to wish you only good things. And uh, let's do coffee. Let's like actually get together in real life. Are, are you in Johannesburg? Danefern. Oh, winning <laughs> down the road. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. I'd love to. Cool. Nathan, have a good day. Awesome. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much. And it's an honor and a privilege to be on Good Things Guy. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Brendan DeCue, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a Jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.